Sure. We have been in a series titled What? Who knows where we've been in? In the wilderness. Thanks, Michelle. Um, We've been in the wilderness, and tonight... Tonight we're going to be looking at Alone in the Wilderness, and um, recently a new season just dropped on Netflix of one of Megan and I's favorite shows to watch. It's called Alone, and what they do in this show, if you don't know, is they literally go to the wilderness. They are in like the upper reaches of like the Canadian forests, basically the Arctic, and you go by yourself with camera equipment and 10 survival items and the goal is to last as long as you can all while filming yourself kind of you're the camera crew to make this tv show and ultimately what happens when you're watching this show is at the beginning it's like all 10 of these people are survival trained like they live and hunt and can build things and start fires from in the rainstorm like they are they all have these skills But ultimately, by the time you get to the last two or three people, they have been out alone in the wilderness so long that they have not eaten enough food in so many days, weeks, months. There are some seasons where the winter ends up going over 100 days alone in the wilderness by themselves. Just And ultimately, what you see gets people is not the fact that they can't catch fish or cut enough firewood or anything like that. It's the fact that they are by themselves, and the only communication that they're having is talking into a camera that have won't be seen by uh people for months and months and months after that and as we as we've been watching this series we get to this the new season we get to the end no i want spoils no spoils but you get to the last episode and megan and i were both just like this is so sad it's two people who have just been alone for so long have not gotten what they need for so long and you're just watching them basically have a war of attrition and see who can not die first or not get medically evac'd first uh and so we're watching this and i'm thinking about uh this series that we've been in and this talk that i'm doing tonight and i really felt like you know they're literally alone in the wilderness we're talking about being metaphorically alone in our whatever the wilderness means and looks like for us uh, as we look and see what they uh, what is the Israelites experienced in uh, the book of Exodus and so just to recap before we dive into being alone in the wilderness tonight uh, we started all the way back like four or five weeks ago Brett spoke from Matthew 4 Jesus in the wilderness and how the Israelites and us face similar temptations to what he faced there then Kennedy spoke we moved to Exodus chapter 4 the burning bush Moses's call and we looked at encountering God in the wilderness and then Sarah spoke about the Israelites crossing the Red Sea about the doubts and fears that we experience while following God into the unknown into the wilderness And last week, Elijah spoke uh, from Exodus 16, I believe. I didn't write that down, 16, yep. Uh, It was the manna from heaven, and we looked at our relationship with God's provision in our lives while we are in the midst of the wilderness. And tonight, we're going to look at something that happens a little bit later in the book of Exodus. We're going to be finishing our series looking at Moses once more, Moses and the Israelites. Um, And I just want to get a kind of... We recapped what we've looked at in the series, but before we get to Moses in chapter 18, I want to kind of just really run through quickly what he's experienced 
up to this point. So up to this point in the book of Exodus, Moses has encountered God in that burning bush that we looked at. Then he packed up his wife and his sons and he went to Egypt and he met with the Pharaoh and there was some back and forth and then they experienced the 10 plagues and then they were chased by the Egyptian army to the Red Sea shores. And then he saw God's power as the sea was parted and they crossed the sea. And then God provided for his people with manna from heaven. And then in between, in the chapter 17, in between what Elijah looked at last week and what we're gonna look at this week, Moses uses God's power with the staff to bring water from a rock and he holds up his arms and they defeat an army. If as long as his staff is up in the air in this story, in the when they fight the Amalek army, they uh, the Israelites do not uh, lose. And then his arms get tired and they start falling. They start losing. People have to hold up his arms. It's a crazy battle. So all of this has happened. And then we come into Exodus 18. And there's like a weird part at the beginning where it's like Moses' wife and his sons left Moses and went to go to Moses' father-in-law Jethro. And so Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, not with them this whole time. Moses was living with him at the very beginning, burning bush. Then they all, the whole family left. Now the family has left and gone back to Jethro. Moses is with the Israelites. They are in the wilderness. And they go and they tell Jethro all of these things that they have experienced. And Jethro is like, wow, praise the Lord. That's incredible that God has done that. Let's go join Moses and the rest of our people. And so they go and find Moses at the head of almost 2 million people. 2 million people are with wandering in the desert. And they get there and they find Moses in charge, um, but he is doing it all on his own. And that's kind of where we get to the part where we are going to jump in our section of scripture. We'll pick up there in Exodus 18, and we'll see that when we are feeling alone, lost, overwhelmed, helpless, vulnerable in the wilderness, God's people, that's us, must adjust their surrounding structures so that their ministry and their faith, more importantly, can grow. And so we'll pick up in verse 13, uh, and we'll do this first section of 13 to 18 in Exodus chapter 18. So it says, the next day, so this is after Jethro, Moses' family rejoined Moses. The next day, Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from morning until evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, what is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone and all the people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me, to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me and I decide between one person and another. And I make them know the statutes of God and his laws. Moses' father-in-law said to him, what you are doing is not good. You and the people, you will certainly wear yourselves out for the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. And I think what's really interesting about this story is that oftentimes and pretty much inevitably in our lives, we are going to hit a point where what has worked to get us to that point, how we do things, how we think about things, the way we approach uh, attacking life, as it were, is not going to cut it anymore moving forward. And what's interesting about this story is that Moses does not hit this point naturally. 
What's really cool about this story is that he has uh, his father-in-law Jethro to kind of point out what's going to happen if he, Moses doesn't change his ways. And so um, what I love about this is that Jethro says, what, are you, what you are doing is not good. And I think the first thing, when we're talking about being alone in the wilderness, we're not talking about the TV show where we are in the woods trying to kill squirrels with a bow and arrow to eat dinner tonight. Like we are talking about in our everyday lives, but this feeling of being lost, this feeling of feeling like we are stuck out helpless in the woods that we don't know where to go. We don't know who to turn to. We don't know what we are doing. We are alone in a wilderness. And the first thing to do when we are alone in the wilderness is to admit that things are not good. Moses has Jethro to point it out to him, but sometimes we might just need to get to this point on our own. We might need to look around and decide, yeah, maybe things are not good around me. When we are feeling alone, lost, overwhelmed, whatever it is, the first step is to admit that things are, as Jethro says to Moses, not good. And for me, this past year has been a, a long journey uh, to kind of getting to this point of admitting that things are not good. Uh, for so long, um, pretty much most of the last, you know, five, six years, uh, if it was a student ministry or a family ministry, ministry or w any event that I felt like I was running or in charge of or, or anything like that, I felt like since I was the one who added it to the calendar, it was my job, my responsibility, my calling to be responsible, that it was executed to the fullest. It was pulled off in the best way possible. And for a long time, I was convincing myself that that was how it had to be and that's how it was. So that's the way it needed to continue to be. And often to the detriment uh, uh, to Megan, to my family, to my friends, and it wasn't until uh, Hazel was born, really, that this kind of facade that I'd built up around myself has started to crumble. And we, we don't see Moses get that far. We don't see Moses get to this point because he had Jethro who walked up to him and said, whether it was from experience or an outside perspective, whatever it was, he looked at him. He said, this is not good what you are doing. We have to admit it when things get to this point. Not before not good becomes total disaster. So the first thing we have to do is we have to admit when things are not good. The second thing comes from the next few verses in Exodus 18. Jethro continues to Moses, now obey my voice. I will give you advice and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God and you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who trustworthy and hate a bribe and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, hundreds, fifties, or tens and let them judge the people at, the at all times, even every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide themselves so it will be easier for you and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you. You will be able to endure, and all these people also will go to their place in peace. Again, we see Jethro beat Moses to the punch. He gets there and, and executes the next step before Moses even needs it. The next thing after we admit that maybe things are not good, we need to ask for help. And 
It's a hard thing to do sometimes, especially when you and those around you assume that you're fine, that you're doing okay, that you're handling things, that everything is going according to plan, that everything is going the way that you are hoping and expecting it to. And what I love about this uh, is, is not just the specific details that Jethro gives to Moses, but that line in verse 22, if you go back uh, to the verse, that line in verse... 22, every great, uh, where is it? Every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide, decide themselves. So it will be easier for you and they will bear the burden with you. They will bear the burden with you. And uh, that made me think, who's they? And that's the third thing. And I feel like I bring up something along this point in almost every one of my talks because I feel like it's so present throughout the entire Bible. But the third thing when we are alone in the wilderness is that we need not be alone, but we need to seek community. We need to seek community. Moses is told to find these people and surround himself with that. We're not to be alone, but in community, and community in all areas of our lives, community of our calling. Jethro tells him to find all these people. Moses' calling is to lead the people of Israel, and Jethro tells him that's great, but you need people around you to help you with that calling. We need a community of our faith we need people around us to be the Jethro's to our Moseses, to look at us and say, I know what God is calling you to do. I know what is holy. I know what is right. And what you are doing is not good. And we need a community of family and friends around us. If we look at the end of this section, the next few verses. So Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Moses chose able men out of all Israel and he made them heads over the people, chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, of tens. And they judged the people at all times, any hard case they brought to Moses, but any small matter they decided themselves. Then Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went away to his own country. If you'll notice, just Jethro left at the end. Moses' family stayed with him because we need that community of our family, of our friends, not just of faith, not just of calling. We need all of it. And if you're feeling alone in the wilderness, we need to admit when things are not good. We need to ask for help. It's not be alone, but to seek out community. Be together. And like I said, and if you were here for the very first one, we heard Brett talk from Matthew chapter 4. Um, back in June, we saw Jesus alone in the wilderness being tempted by Satan. And the next time in Matthew's gospel that Jesus is alone... Is, that was chapter four, is not until chapter 26 in the Garden of Gethsemane right before he is taken to the cross. And in Matthew 26, uh, I'm not gonna read all seven verses uh, that we have up on the screen. You can as you go, um, but I don't wanna go too long um, just reading out loud. Um, but in this passage, we see Jesus do these three things, right? He admits that his death is upon him, that maybe things are not good. And when he first prays to the father, he says, father, if it is possible, let this cup pass for me. He admits it. I'm going to die. Let this cup pass for me. Maybe this is not so good, but nevertheless, not as I will, but as you, your will be done. And in that 
is a prayer that's asking for help. He prays not once, not twice, but three times in these seven verses in this garden, each time leaving the disciples behind and going out alone to pray to the Father. But yet he comes back. He is not alone. He comes back to the disciples in the garden. He comes back to go to the cross. He comes back to us. Ultimately, Jesus' journey in the wilderness kicked off his journey to the cross, not to come back only to be with the disciples for a few minutes before he's arrested, but to come back to die for us, to die and be with us. Jesus was alone and was tempted in the wilderness so that we could know his strength to aid us in our own temptation. Jesus was betrayed in the garden Right after this, Judas comes, betrays him, and he is arrested so that we could have that unbetrayable trust that comes with life in him. And Jesus was alone so that we would never be alone, but be in community with him, do life with him, with his people, with the family of faith, a community in our calling, in our faith, with our friends and family. We admit when things are not good, we ask for help, and we know that we are not alone, but in a community, a community centered around Jesus Christ, because he admitted, he asked, and he did not stay alone, but came back to find us. So that's what I want to talk about tonight in small groups. I'll pray for us, and then um, I've got small group questions, I think, well, they're closest to Austin, so they're under my computer. Um, but let me pray first. Lord Jesus, we know that... Sometimes your people find themselves alone in the wilderness, but God, we know that you were once there yourself, that you knew to ask for help, to pray to the Father, that you knew that it is better to not be alone, but to be in community. You knew that so well that you died on a cross so that we could form community around and with you. Jesus, be with each and every student, each and every leader here, not just tonight, but as we go throughout our weeks, let this not be a conversation that we have in small group that we say, yeah, yeah, that's great, but I'm not going to change because it doesn't take much to get to that point that Moses was heading towards, heading to that feeling of being alone in the wilderness. Let each and every person here find their Jethro, find someone who can say, hey, that is not good, but let's not be alone in the wilderness, but be in community together, community formed around you. Jesus, we love you. We thank you and we praise you. And all God's people said, amen.